Hello and welcome to When I Found Grace podcast. So you want to know how to study the Bible. What is the best commentary to use? Coming up next. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you faith. Welcome back to another episode of When I Found Grace Podcast. You know, we have so many questions, so many things to uh, consider uh, as we are studying the Word and looking through the Scriptures. And many times, a lot of the questions come up is, as I'm studying the Scriptures, as I'm going through what are the appropriate or what are some of the best commentaries that you can use to help you have a better understanding? Now, this is a, a great question, I think, for those of us who are really into studying the Scripture and studying the Word. Uh, as a pastor, I get to um, look through many different uh, commentaries, many different uh, publishers and things that have been published to to help me have a better understanding of the scriptures, and and it's not like I'm the only one, or as a pastor, I'm the only one that has access to these. Everybody has access to them. Uh, some of them are are free on some really good uh, apps or web based apps, uh, some programs that are out there. Uh, and and I'm just going to name a, a few that I I really I really like that I commonly go to uh, to help me study my Bible and to study Scripture. Uh, the, the first first one I I do use a uh, a Bible program which is the, the most expensive one I I think it's called Logos uh, Bible program and I, I felt like it was a as a pastor is one in in the ministry for studying. I felt like it was a good investment for me to to get into something like that, and so that's that's primarily what what I use. Uh, however, some of the ones that are are really good that are either cheap or free. Uh, the first one is the Olive Tree um, Bible app, which is a free one, and there's a lot of good free commentaries that come with it. A lot of free uh, dictionaries that come with it as well, and it's a pretty user friendly, pretty easy to use. Uh, can uh, sync across devices uh, such as um, if you've got an iPhone, uh, a tablet, or a computer, and and it it doesn't have to just be an iPhone, or it doesn't have to be Apple or Android. It can be any of them, really anywhere to, to sync up, which is really something I think is beneficial. Uh, the other one, Blue Letter Bible, is a, a typically a web-based app, but now they've come out with a an app that you can download onto your phone and uh, tablet and things like that to where you can use it from there. Uh, and then and then the, the other one is a, an older one, but it's called eSword. eSword is one that I really enjoy. Uh, it, that too is free if you are a 
PC user. If you are a Mac user, uh, I believe it costs on their um, on the App Store. I think it's like five bucks if it's on your computer, uh, a Mac OS. Uh, then it's it's ten dollars that that you have to pay f- to get that. But but it is it is worth the investment in my opinion. Um, if if you're looking for something cheap. Um, but again, if you're a PC user, that one, eSword, is free. And so I, I just want to mention those because we we can get so bogged down in, in our studies and as we're looking through that, and as we read through Scripture, there's a lot of things that we may not understand. And now there's a lot of great commentators out there. There's a lot of great, even dictionaries, uh, biblical dictionaries that are really at our fingertips. But one of the things that I think becomes so overlooked is the best commentary of them all, and that is the Bible. The Bible is the best commentary for the Bible. You're thinking, well, what what do you mean? That's kind of weird. I mean, isn't that? I mean, we we have questions about the Bible. Well, let me give you an example that comes up in the Book of Revelation, which I've been going through on a Sunday. But this is just one example that really has has come up for me, and and it's a little bit bit humbling because when I when I read through it and I, I, there's some things that, okay, I don't understand. And then I look at the commentators, commentaries that I, I really enjoy and that I, I typically fall on and say, okay, these are the guys that I, I listen to. These are the guys that I read and I really respect their opinion. Um, but, but on this one particular instance, every, every guy that, a person that I enjoy listening to, I I have to. I, I've just kind of leaned on their wisdom and leaned on on what they've said. But then there was one thing that came across in the Bible that made me think, you know what? Maybe they are wrong about this. <laughs> now, anyways, l- let me let me bring it up because. This is actually found in Revelation chapter 14, and it's going to be in verse 14, so 14, 14. But, but John, in, he's looking at this vision, and part of this vision, it, it says here, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and sitting on the cloud was one like a son of man, having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And then it says, and then verse 15, another angel came out of the temple crying out with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap for the hour to reap is come because the harvest of the earth is ripe. And then he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was reaped. Now the question comes is, Okay, who is this one who is sitting on the cloud? Who is this one? And is this Jesus? Because there is a lot that sounds very similar 
to Jesus. It says that he was sitting on a white cloud. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, a cloud would represent the visible presence of God. In Exodus chapter 19, uh, when the law was first given, a a cloud would cover the mountain. Uh, In Exodus chapter 34, when the law was given for the second time, a a a cloud again appeared. And upon its completion, a cloud would cover the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 40. And then in Numbers 9, whenever the Israelites were to break camp on their journey to the promised land, a cloud led the way. And then also when the temple in 1 Kings chapter 8 was dedicated, a cloud filled the Holy of Holies at that time as well. But not only is it confined to the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament as well. The the Mount of Transfiguration, if you remember, there was the cloud in, in Matthew chapter 17 that, that covered them. And then and then last but not least, when Jesus would ascend into heaven, he would he would go up in the clouds. And and so automatically a, a white cloud, one sitting on the cloud. And it says, one like a son of man, son of man. This is is one way that, that the Bible, um, to describe Jesus, uh, this uh, the son of man. And, and so that's a an, an interesting point as well. And then it says that he had a golden crown or, or a, a permanent crown. You, you know, Jesus... If you remember, wore a crown of thorns when he was crucified, but but now here is one like the Son of Man wearing a golden crown, wearing a golden one, and so so Jesus, Jesus who who is now King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you would think that a golden crown would definitely represent royalty. It would definitely represent authority. And then, and then here's here's the other part though, and, and this is interesting because it says that he had a sharp sickle, a, a sickle which is used to go and and reap the harvest, as we see here later in these other verses. In verse sixteen, it says then he would swing his sickle over the earth, and the earth was reaped. And um, see, see, people have a hard time envisioning Jesus as the one with the sharp sickle, but but Jesus is, it says, he's, he's the Lord of the harvest. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 to 38, he says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out his workers into his harvest. And so because of these things, we see that that boy, this sounds a whole lot like Jesus, and and I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of my favorite commentators stick with the idea that says, yes, this is Jesus. However, here's where I have to disagree, okay? And even after seeing all of that, and you're saying, well, man, Micah, you brought up a lot of scripture to um, explain some of these things. Isn't that scripture? I mean, explaining scripture? And and you can use that. However, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 37 through 43, Jesus had given this parable, the 
parable of the tares and the wheat. Remember the workers, they came and, and they said, Lord, somebody, it, what had happened was he had planted all his wheat and somebody came and, and uh, planted a bunch of tares and the tare you, is no good. And the workers, they're like, hey, there's all these tares that were planted. What should we do? And, and the Lord said, just leave them. And then at the time of the harvest, then we will separate the tare from the wheat. And so the Jesus had to explain this in chapter uh, Matthew 13. He says, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, and the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age. And here's the kicker. And the reapers are angels. So just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness, and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. So, here is what it says. The Son of Man will send forth his angels. It says that the reapers are the angels. The reapers are the angels. Now, of course, this is explaining, he's explaining to them the reapers in the story, in the parable, but but also, also we can take that he is explaining right now who everybody is, the tares are the sons of the evil one, the enemy who sowed them, and, and the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. And then those who are reapers are, are angels, are angels. And, and so when, when I come back here to Revelation chapter 14, and, and I look at, and I see this one, a white cloud sitting on the cloud was like a son of man having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. It says another angel came out of the temple crying out loud with a loud voice to him who said on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap for the hour to reap has come because the harvest of the earth is ripe. And then he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was reaped. Now, because of what Jesus says, because of what Jesus says, not what some commentator says, I have to just assume at this point that the one who is reaping, the one who just reaped the earth is an angel and not the Lord, but an angel. Say, well, how come he's described in this way? Well, he's a magnificent angel. He's a magnificent being. He, he might be one of the, um, like an, an archangel, like Michael or Gabriel or somebody like that. But, but we see here one who is reaping the earth and Jesus who says in, in Matthew chapter 13 that the angels are the reapers, that the reapers are angels. And so uh, until, until I have better understanding or until I have something else that comes up that can tell me otherwise that this is not an angel, 
right now, I am just going to have to assume that the one who is reaping is an angel. And now, I'm not, I don't want to take this time to explain all of this verse right here, because there's, there's a lot to it. But these are examples, just one example I want to share with you, that the best commentating, or the boss, best common, um, commentator, <laughs> if I might, of the Bible is the Bible itself. When it explains itself, well, you got to take it for face value. And now I know there's a lot of arguments that could come in against this and, and why this isn't Jesus saying, speaking about this time, but, but as of right now, as of when I see this and when I read, because even, even when, I, when I read it, originally I'm, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if that is Jesus, but, but I'll admit when I first taught this four or five years ago, I was like, okay, well, all the commentators are saying this is is Jesus, so I'm just going to assume it's Jesus. But but now I, I'm I'm having to take a step back and look and say, well, here in the scripture, Jesus does say the angels are the reapers. So so I'm just so I just want to bring that up because when you say what is the best common um, commentary for the Bible, well, it it's the Bible, and if the Bible explains something then you will always 100% need to take the Bible's explanation over man's explanation. So as you study the Bible, I hope that you are blessed by this, that you are blessed by hearing this, and that when you have questions, the first place that you go is not man, but the first place that you do go is to go to the scriptures and seek the scriptures. If we remember, why were the Bereans, why were, why were they so noble? Because they sought the scriptures. And even for us, as we are looking through and looking for answers, my encouragement, search the scriptures. Use that as your first commentary. And then some of these other things, sure, read what other guys say or what they think. But if it contradicts the Bible then I would just say, okay, hold off and stay with what the Bible and what Scripture says first and foremost. And, and you got to stick with that, because if, if you don't, you can easily be led astray. Now, luckily for us in this example, it's not, there's no relevance to necessarily who it is. It's not going to, if you think it's Jesus— you know, it has no bearing on your salvation. If you think it's an angel, it has no bearing on your salvation. But these are fun things to discuss, fun things to debate. And I just want to encourage, use the Bible to commentary, as a commentary, to commentate the Bible itself. Where the Lord explains, then he makes it very clear. So I hope you're blessed. Have such a wonderful day. And God bless. You have been saved by the